frankincense essential oil does not contain boswellic acid. The acids are found in the resin powder. So frankincense resin, which is ground into powder. That's where those acids are. And the resin powder is the golden stuff. Welcome to the Aromatherapist Podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your host and aromatherapist here. Today we're going to talk about osteoarthritis and aromatherapy and how essential oils can reduce pain and inflammation and actually improve the symptoms related to the disease. I was 25 when I was first diagnosed with osteoarthritis in my jaw. I've been having this gnawing chronic pain in my face and the rest of me started to compensate for this pain. I had TMJ, uh, but the dentist was concerned that my bite kept changing. So every time I went back in to see him, my jaw had slid a little bit. And so I had a mouth guard and I was supposed to wear it all the time. And even though I was doing that, every time that I saw him, it was sliding just a little bit more and everything was shifting. So he was pretty concerned that something else was happening. So he sent me to a jaw specialist, had some exams done, had some scans done on my face. And when I went back into his office, he showed me the scans of my bones on his computer and the report from the radiologist. And he pointed to the screen and he, and he said, osteoarthritis. See that? Those are your bones degenerating. He didn't say much else and until he saw my stunned face. And then he realized he should probably explain. So he told me that I should take some ibuprofen every day. I should avoid things that aggravate my jaw. So all the foods that might be too crunchy or might force my mouth to open too far. Wear a nut mouth guard every night and then just come back in a couple months. And I sat there and just stared at him like, that's it? That's all you got? That's all you can do for me? He kind of got annoyed with me and snapped a little bit. And he said to me, you know, it's just osteoarthritis. It's not like you're going to die or anything. You're going to be fine. I left his office in tears. I was aware that obviously arthritis is a pretty innocuous thing. It's not like a serious disease like cancer or ALS or something very serious. But at that point, I was living with this pain that just never went away. And two things happen when you're in chronic pain. Your pain tolerance tends to increase and eventually it actually starts to impact your mental health. Never being able to get lasting relief has some pretty intense effects. So I refused to believe that there was nothing to be done or that I would compromise my intestinal health by taking that much ibuprofen every single day. I wasn't at the stage of narcotic painkillers yet, but I didn't want to get there either. So I got to work. Five years later, I was pain-free with a jaw that seemed to be working just fine. I never went to the dentist, never really had any checkups, didn't really need to. Two years after that, I finally went back and had some proper work done on my teeth and I had my scans all redone. And the doctor was shocked. He wanted to know what I had done because my scans showed that my jaw bones had totally remodeled. I had no signs of any kind of osteoarthritis or bone degeneration anywhere. I was kind of shocked too, and I asked him to clarify what he was saying. And so he said, technically speaking, 
based on these scans, he wouldn't diagnose me with osteoarthritis. That was a really important day for me. I told a lot of people, I still talk about it a lot. And so I get a lot of questions about it. Everybody wants to know what did I do? Because they tell you that bone damage is irreversible. There's nothing you can do to reverse that. So what did I do? I took a whole lot of essential oils and a whole lot of natural products. And so that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about some of the research on essential oils for pain, inflammation, joints. I want to talk about some of the myths too, because there's a lot of information about out there about essential oils that aren't correct. And I also want to talk about my two-prong pain management system that I recommend and that I use with my clients. So first, let's talk about what osteoarthritis is. So it belongs to the arthritis group. Obviously, there's different types of arthritis. And osteoarthritis is non-inflammatory joint disease where the cartilage and the bone break down. So typically, the pain can be managed manage, excuse me, but damage to those joints can't be reversed, which makes my remodeling so exciting. Cartilage breaks down slowly and over time, and then the bone eventually rubs on bone. So the two bones that connect at the joint, they start to rub bone on bone, which creates a lot of pain. It creates inflammation in the joint lining and deterioration of the connective tissue also. So it can actually get severe and it can be eventually difficult to actually do daily tasks. And some people end up in a place where uh, joint replacement is necessary. So you hear about people having hip replacements or knee replacements, usually and often that's a cause of that is osteoarthritis. So the bone is degenerated so much that there's no, there's nothing left. So the way I approach this on myself and with my clients is through this two-pronged system. So pain management is always the first step because pain is usually so out of control or that's usually the first reason why people come to me um, is they're looking for something else that can help them and reduce the pain. And so I want to look at that first right away because with essential oils, there are things you can do. There are pain There are pain essential oils that will work right away. You'll notice a relief in pain right away. And so that's always my first step. And that process, though, with pain management does not always just involve the bone. I'm always looking at the surrounding muscular system as well, and I'm looking at reducing inflammation and and getting circulation moving in there so that we can look at getting pain reduction, but also long-term, also look at range of motion, getting some of that relaxation in there because usually those muscles are very tense and they're always compensating for the joint area. So the irregularities in the joint means that lots of times the muscles surrounding are really tense. So for me, my joint problems were in my jaw. So my face muscles were so tense. They were like rods in my cheekbones and my cheek muscles were just hard, hard muscle. My neck muscles were affected, my shoulders, all the way down to the middle of my back, sometimes even to my waist. And so it would, I would just hold my, hold my pain and be so tense from all of that grinding happening and just all of that pain that it would, it would carry down my entire body. So it's not always just the joint that hurts, it's often other areas as well. 
That being said, it's usually pretty localized, but we want to look at supporting the muscles. So the other piece is supporting the joint from the inside. And this is looking at um, the internal health of the joint itself. And there are lots of different things that we can do for that that can help support the joint and create a better sort of system or, or environment for the joint itself. So there's many different essential oils that can be used for arthritis, but I want to cover a few myths first and talk about a few specific oils. So the first one is frankincense. So there's a lot of information on the internet about boswellic acid in the essential oil being critical for joint health. So that it's the boswellic acid that actually helps the joint and reduces inflammation, but this is incorrect information. This is not true. Frankincense essential oil does not contain boswellic acid. The acids are found in the resin powder. So frankincense resin, which is ground into powder. That's where those acids are. And the resin powder is the golden stuff. So boswellic acids are strong anti-inflammatories. They are powerful analgesics and they may help reduce cartilage loss and inhibit some of the autoimmune process that causes problems as well. So there's lots of studies or multiple studies about the efficacy of frankincense resin powder on joints and the reduction of symptoms. So what we see typically is a reduction of pain. So pain is relieved. There's usually better range of motion and more movement. And so that is a really positive result just from using frankincense resin powder. The results um, show up for osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis, but they are strongest for osteoarthritis. And most of the research done is actually on Indian frankincense, which is important to know because there are different species of frankincense. And most of the research is on this type of frankincense called Boswellia serrata. Carteri frankincense, Boswellia Carteri is another type of frankincense and it's one of the more common essential oils and the essential oil, this essential oil and the saccharide essential oil also can be used for joint health. So frankincense, Carteri frankincense contains alpha-pinene. This is a naturally occurring constituent or chemical compound which has a strong analgesic effect. So it relieves pain really well. It also has an anti-inflammatory effect. So frankincense is a valuable botanical to use. It's just not for the reasons that you've probably read on the internet. The acid is not in the essential oil and it's in the resin powder. So the next essential oil that I personally have really enjoyed for myself is wintergreen. And wintergreen is kind of one of those essential oils that gets a bit of a bad rap and everybody's terrified of it because it has some contraindications to it. But I want to reassure you that wintergreen does not have to be contraindicated for everybody. Wintergreen contains a high amount of methyl salicylate, which is a very effective pain reliever. And it's along the same lines as aspirin, the acetyl salicylic acid, ASA. This is why it gets a bad rap, because it can increase the risk of bleeding. If you are on blood thinners, you need to be careful with wintergreen because it can increase, increase the risk of bleeding. 
especially if you're on blood thinning drugs or if you have a, a bleeding disorder. But it's not, it doesn't have to be contraindicated for everybody. We tend to lump methyl salicylate as terrible and wintergreen as a horrible essential oil because of this content of methyl salicylate. But it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be contraindicated for everybody. It should be avoided if you're pregnant and it should be avoided if you have a bleeding disorder or extreme, used with caution and if you're on blood thinners. So the reason why I enjoy it is because it is effective for relieving pain. Usually we like to avoid it for children as well because there are other essential oils that have less risk to them that we can use for kids for pain. Hopefully your kids don't have arthritis, but it is a possibility. One of the things to know about wintergreen is where you get your product from because a product that is made in a lab, which is very real and very possible, is almost certainly all methyl salicylate. It'll say wintergreen on it, but it'll be almost certainly all methyl salicylate. Natural wintergreen, authentic wintergreen that actually comes from the plant, contains other constituents. It has other constituents in it that can actually change the way it works a little bit. So if you are using synthetic wintergreen, you greatly increase the risk of adverse reaction. So you just need to be really careful about where you source your products. This is very, very important. The risk is with the plant. So wintergreen in general carries this risk, but we cannot separate quality from safety. The two go hand in hand. We just can't get away from it. If you have a poor quality product or a synthetic product, you greatly increase the risk of problems and adverse reactions. So we just need to be considering where we're getting our essential oils and considering our own health state. The third essential oil that I really enjoy is cypress. And cypress comes back to pain for me, but it also comes back to circulation. So cypress is one of my favorite essential oils for inflammation. It, it contains alpha-pinene, which is anti-inflammatory and pain-relieving, as well as delta-3 carine, which is also anti-inflammatory. Cypress has no contraindications. So if you're one of those people who ha- is pregnant has, is on blood thinners or has a bleeding disorder or you have a child who needs pain relief or relief for arthritis, but you, you can't be using wintergreen, you fall into that category, then Cypress is a great option because it doesn't have any contraindications. And it is a very effective for relieving pain. But one of my favorite ways to use it is with the other pain essential oils. And it is very effective for getting fluid movement, and promoting circulation and when we're looking at muscles that are too tense and joints that aren't you know have some inflammation in there then we need to look look at getting some reduction in there the fourth essential oil is sweet marjoram and i love marjoram for muscles this is kind of how i remember which oil to use for muscles is marjoram for muscle muscles m for m Marjoram is a warming essential oil for the muscle. It is a muscle relaxant. We really want to look at relaxing the muscle, reducing inflammation, and hitting that pain pain portion as well. So that combination creates a perfect little blend to hit a number of areas that need to help relax the muscle and help the body be able to handle some of what's happening to the joint. And the last essential oil that I like to use is lavender. 
Lavender is just one of those essentials. True lavender, lavandula, and gustifolia. True lavender is a universal oil. It can be used for anything. If you don't know what to use, you use lavender. It has so many attributes, so many properties to it. It's just a basic essential oil. It is anti-inflammatory and it is analgesic. And those are the main reasons why I use it when it comes to joints because it's going to relieve the pain and get after that inflammation that's happening in the area. Okay, so we have all these essential oils to use. Now, how do we actually use them? What do we do with them? And that's a common question that, that comes up. So the first thing I have to tell you is that when it comes to my recommendations, what I recommend professionally and for people who come to see me and work with me is different than what I personally use. And if you go on any of my social media, you will see that and you will learn that, that those are two very different things for me. This comes from having professional training and working with people who've never used oils before versus knowing my own body and having worked with essential oils and used them every day for 17 or 18 years. So I know what I can handle. I know my skin type. I know which essential oils are going to irritate me. I know when I've hit my max. And that's something that just comes from personal usage every day. So you will learn that I almost never follow the rules or guidelines when it comes to my own use and use for my family. I'm just not afraid of plants. I don't think they're dangerous. I am not into this scary headline thing that is happening these days. I'm not into it. So you will see that I, you know, disregard the rules. I've been doing this a long time. So I'm really comfortable, you know, using essential oils neat and using a lot of different essential oils at one time, using a lot of kids and all these different things. So that being said, here's what I'll tell you you should do. <laughs> do what I say, not what I do, okay? So one thing I've noticed these days is that making a roller blend is like all the rage. Everyone, that's what everyone's doing with essential oils. And I can tell you that I absolutely hate roller blends. I hate roller bottles so much. Professional aromatherapists will typically create a specialized blend for clients. And that usually involves going through the essential oils that fit the criteria for their situation. And they blend them together with carrier oil. And that's great. That's a really good practice. I do that with my clients. Sometimes I use pre-blended stuff. But rarely do, do we use roller bottles. And one of the biggest reasons why I just hate these things is because you cannot control the dose. It's really difficult to get an exact amount when you're just swiping that thing all up and down your body. You really have no idea how much you've put on. When you use a drop by drop, you know how many drops you've had and you can calculate a little bit better, keep track of exactly what you're doing. It's much safer in my opinion. And also when you roll a blend on and then you roll another one over top, you actually pick up that first oil you, you had on your skin and you put it into your bottle so it becomes a little bit contaminated so if you're a purist like me and some super critical and super picky I guess is the best word that matters because you're changing the chemistry of the blend so it's no longer exactly the one that I want it to be it's got something else in it so some of my community and some of my beautiful people I work with will see me give out recipes and mostly I do that just because they ask for them and I'm being nice uh and because people like them and they're easy to use but I really am not a fan so don't use roller bottles. Just drip the oils on, 
one drop at a time, that's a, that's a great way to use them. So the safest way to use these essential oils that I've listed here is to make a blend with carrier oil and apply it drop by drop. So normal healthy adults, it's usually around 2.5% to 5% dilution, which means that your blend that you make is going to be 95 to 97.5% carrier oil and 25 to 5% essential oil. So do your little bit of math. You can figure out how to make your own blend. However, arthritis is typically localized, so which means it's limited to one or two areas, and it's usually acute, right? There's usually... There is usually chronic pain, but it's usually stuck to one place, really. It's not the entire body that is usually in pain. It's usually one area, especially when you're talking about osteoarthritis. So in those cases, you can go up to a 90% dilution, which means 90% essential oil, 10% carrier oil. Or if you're very familiar and experienced with essential oils, even neat application, which means no carrier oil at all. However, there's another way that I like to use essential oils, and that's personally my favorite when dealing specifically with pain, and that is to layer essential oils one on top of the other. So you apply one with some carrier oil, then, and it's just a single one, it's just lavender with carrier oil, and then you apply another one with cypress with carrier oil, and then you apply another one, another drop of another essential oil on top. You'll find a bit of differing information about this from other experts, but I find this to be the most effective. And especially in my own personal use, this is how I I looked after my own arthritis condition over the years. And that's how I managed my pain was doing it that way. My reasoning for this is that I don't want one drop from a blend of essential oils. I want, when I'm doing this for myself, I specifically have chosen these essential oils for their properties. And so I want one drop of each oil. I usually choose three to four oils total and do one drop of each. The other thing you might read is that their online is about uh, driver oils. And these are supposed to be essential oils like peppermint or copaiba that improve absorption of the other essential oils. It's a thing kind of in research, but not really in the way it's usually described. You're, usually they tell you to put it on last and then it drives the others into the system. But it's really more effective if you use a blend, like a combination, a synergy. You blend them all together and use your copaiba to create a synergy where the essential oils work together to amplify the effects of each other. That's a more effective way to do it. So use your blend that way, combine them together and use them, you know, one one to two drops, two to three drops of your entire blend and that will help the effectiveness of the others. One thing to note is to be really careful where you purchase your essential oils. We're going to talk about this in depth as we move on in in other episodes, but quality is important and in every and in every subject that we talk about, this is probably going to be the thing I emphasize the most. You have to source your products from a good place because quality and safety go hand in hand. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and links and more information, visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. 
And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So find us on Instagram at the Aromatherapist Podcast and share your favorite oils and tips. Thank you for listening. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.